sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Thanks for uh, catching a little bit of the show this Saturday morning. Ashley Frasca with you here on Green and Growing. Now, as promised, this hour dedicated to house plants. We are all spending a lot more time at home. So what better time than now to really get that green thumb going? You can water these plants. You can keep up with them. You can keep the cats from eating them if that uh, seems to be your situation. That was mine years ago. I could never have anything live, even like bouquets of flowers. Because my cats would eat them and then throw them up. It was it was a disaster. But have you noticed, if you're a collector of houseplants, one houseplant can have so many different names. Of course, it has the proper name and then catchy phrases and things that people have just always traditionally called it. Colloquial names, if you will. But nevertheless, we love our houseplants. So we're going to get to that here in just a little while. But first, your calls. 404-872-0750. Sylvia in Alpharetta, thanks for holding so patiently. You're on Green and Growing. Hi. Hey. Uh, I just need to know how to get my amarilla to rebloom. This this is just the second year I've had it, but am I supposed to just cut it off and put it in the dark now? Or, or it, it has triple the leaves that it had last year, but there's hmm. still no bloom on it. Had you planted it or brought it outside at all, or you've kept it indoors? Oh, no, no, no. It's been outside ever since... Well, I take it in and out if it's cold, but I think it started coming up in March. I'm not too Good. sure. Good. Okay, so it, you're, it on, is, you're on the right track, Sylvia. So the process of forcing an amaryllis to bloom, you start that in September. Right now, I would leave the leaves. Right now, they're fine. But then remove the leaves in September, allow the bulb to dry out for two months in September. And then early November, put them in a warm window, water with half-strength houseplant fertilizer, something like that, because you're wanting to get them ready for Christmas, I assume. So amaryllis bulbs that you buy at the stores, you know, they're prepared in a different way, so they're forced to bloom. But really start everything in September before it gets too cold or there's any chance of frost. That's what I'm going to do because I've got four outdoors as well. So again, dig them up, remove the leaves, let them dry out for a couple of months, and that should put you on the right track 404-872-0750. Julie and Jessup, you're up next. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. Uh, I have geranium plants, and I want to put them in a bigger pot, but the pot has no drainage, no hole. Should I have somebody uh, drill a hole under it? If you can, yes. Drainage holes are so important because you don't want to rot the roots out. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been in stores, and I can't find any drainage uh, on all these pots, and I can't find any clay pots either. You know, I haven't seen as many clay pots either um, as much as I'm used to, and it it, it is tough. Now that newer, that tough plastic that they're using that looks ceramic from a distance, but you get up there and tap it with your fingernails and it's plastic, I don't know why they manufacture those without drainage holes and it's so aggravating you can see where a circle is in the base kind of more or less telling you to drill but yeah i I don't know why they skip that step in the manufacturing i don't know well i'm glad to have a friend uh drill a hole in it because i've got i've got to move it it's a small pot i bought it on sale and it's got to be moved in the bigger 
pot. Thank you, Ashley. I'm enjoying your program. Thank you so much, Julie. That's a great question. Yeah, geraniums, they do best when the soil moisture is evenly maintained. And when the soil becomes too dry, that's a bad thing. You don't want geraniums to get to the point where they're wilting because the leaves yellow at the base and fall off, and it's just really tough for them to come back. Um, So, yeah, you got to be careful of that. You just want to make sure they're evenly maintained with the soil and yeah the water should drain out of the pot after after you water it and i'm curious if anybody has overwintered geraniums you know they don't seem worth the trouble so we just enjoy them in the summer months whether they're in hanging baskets or flanking your front door for some pop of color i mean they're beautiful but a lot of people can take cuttings from geraniums and just take those cuttings that are maybe three to four inches long and try to do those and I think uh, peat moss and some soil and things and try to propagate them uh, just maybe in a cool spot like the garage or something over the winter months and check on the water level and the moisture like maybe in December and then give them a good soaking. But I'm just really curious if anyone's ever had good luck with those. Like I again, we talked earlier in the show, this is geraniums we're talking about, but caladiums. I had caladiums that I was really happy with last summer. And tried to overwinter those in the garage, and they just, it wasn't worth the trouble. I don't know what I did wrong with them, but they did not overwinter, so I just bought some other ones and planted them. So that's the great thing about gardening. If you kill something, you don't have to feel terrible. You can always buy another one. You can get a cutting or a propagated plant from a friend. Gardeners share things all the time, but if you need to buy a backup to something you killed or some experiment that just didn't go right, you had to Pike Nursery. Go to pikenursery.com to find all the locations in Metro Atlanta. I spent a lot of time there right before my show began back in February when I took over for Walter Reeves in the Lawn and Garden Show. I learned a lot hanging out at Pike Nurseries and talking to customers, talking to managers and their marketing department. So thanks for their sponsorship of this show. But I want to bring back a fun piece I did when the show began. I had a great time in my store, the Town Lake Pike Nursery, talking to people about houseplants. I want you to take a listen. Maybe you'll learn a little something. So for my first show, I assigned myself this task. I want to scratch the surface, maybe do more than that, with this houseplant craze. So what is your name and where are you from? Kelly Setkowski, and I'm here because I kill houseplants. (laughs) My name is Ann Barranco, and I live in Jasper, Georgia. I absolutely love, love, love plants. I can't have enough of them. I probably have about 70 at home and another 20 in the office. What is the deal in the growth of houseplants? I'm not really sure exactly what it is to pinpoint it, but I think it's something that most people haven't tried, and everybody likes trying something new. It's all over social media. You can't get enough of it. Because I want to decorate my house. The plants are the best to have around the house. It's, it relieves the stress. It has, you know, it's just a decoration and something that you have to nurture to get it better. Hmm, all right. Those are all good reasons. But then I went to an expert. So I'm at Pike Nursery in Town Lake with Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, how are you? So how did we get together this morning? Oh, I had a houseplant class. How do you think it went? I hope it went well. (laughs) And you're the department head of houseplants here at this store. Yep. So what does that mean? I have to run everything and keep everything nice and keep it full. So all these houseplants answer to you? Yep, that's it. Are they scared of you? They better be. Do you run a tight ship? Yep. (laughs) 
you get to hear from a fun clientele when people are shopping for houseplants becoming very trendy. And y'all are probably getting a lot of younger gardeners who are like, I'm into this houseplant thing. Well, for the younger generation, especially, they're like, because they just, they want it. They like it because it, it helps them relax. That's the biggest thing. And, and it causes, you know, bring down stress and gives them something to do. And wouldn't you know, I found a younger gardener. Very enlightening. My name is Amanda, and this is my fiancé, Corey, and we just moved here to Town Lake here in Woodstock. Corey, I hear you just bought a house. Yeah, we did. Pretty exciting stuff. So what caught my eye, I see in your cart this big fiddle leaf ficus, right? Yes, that is correct. Why are you going home with something like this? Well, we lived in an apartment up until about two weeks ago that was way too small for this, and we have been eyeing one of these for a year or so, and we finally have the big enough house with the two-story living room to kind of let it thrive, so we're really excited about it. You can ask Corey, I've been like dreaming of all the plants I was going to put in that house for a year now, so we've been saving up, and today was the day. <laughs> I'm a little older than you guys, so tell me what the draw, not that much older, but I mean, go on. So what's the draw to houseplant? Well, I work from home, so I just love constantly being surrounded by the plants, and you know, it just, it feels so nice to just walk in a room, and it's got that nice natural vibe to it, and I mean, we have a dog, and I know that she appreciates it too, so I don't know, it's just, it makes a room feel so homey to me. How are you going to help keep this thing alive? This is a pretty big responsibility right now. This is like prepping us for children, I think. <laughs> Serious stuff, people. And speaking of children, I found one of those too. She was super excited to be shopping with her mom. Mm -hmm. Now, what plant did you say was cute? That pink one. The pink one? What makes it cute? That little flower. Yeah. We're going to have to water it. And mom, I heard her say, you killed one or something died. What was she talking about? I killed a Venus flytrap. And how does that make you feel? Pretty sad. You can try it again? Nope. <laughs> so plants die sometimes, right? Yeah. Can mommy buy new ones and then you help her you help her nurture them, right? Yeah. They need water and rain. And what about sunshine? Yeah. And they also need rain. Hey, trust the kid. House plants made easy. And you've got this. Everybody here ain't from here, but we're here. And now you are up to date on your weekend weather. Thank you to Finley Roofing for sponsoring the weather update. And now, a part of the show you're familiar with, in case you haven't heard. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Nothing houseplant related, but we can still make it work. Three easy things to do in your lawn, landscape, balcony, patio, any of that. Number one, water figs deeply now as they begin to ripen if you are lucky enough to have a fig tree. Harvest every morning before the birds can do their damage and you'll enjoy a lot of figs. Share them too. Share them with me. I don't think I've ever had a fig. Number two, start seeds now for broccoli, cabbage, kale, turnips, spinach, lettuce. There's so much for those cool season crops. All you got to do, just use a store-bought potting mix and start those seeds in containers or flats or trays. Make sure those are clean and um, disinfected. And then place the seeds in a partially shaded spot. Keep them watered and you'll have seedlings ready to transplant in September. It sounds like that's a lot easier to start those plants from seed for the cool season rather than what I was doing back in February trying to do like tomatoes and bell pepper and okra. That didn't work real well for me. So better luck with this. 
You don't have to worry about a, a grow light or anything like that. You can just keep it an indirect light outside. And number three, crepe myrtle. One of the things that can be propagated from cuttings right now, when you take the cutting, leave three or four nodes per cutting and leave several of the leaves on there as well. Rooting hormone, not necessary, but you can use it. Then place the cuttings in a well-drained rooting medium in a shaded area just to not stress it out. Keep them moist by enclosing them with a clear plastic bag over the top, and then the cuttings should take root in three or four weeks, and then you can pot them, and then you can keep moving them to bigger pots as need be, and ultimately plant them in the ground. So coming up here at the bottom of the hour, Kara Mulvey from Pike Nursery joins me. We're going to talk about houseplants, one in particular, but I'm going to test her knowledge a little bit. So many of you are familiar with a lot of different names for houseplants, but I'm going to play a fun game. We'll see if we all know the real name of the houseplant, and then I'm going to test Kara's knowledge with what the common name or the colloquial name for many houseplants is. Some houseplants, they may have two common names or colloquial names that you know them by. So all of that coming up with Pike Nursery at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing, and I so appreciate you being here. Check out the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. That's all you search on Facebook, and keep in touch. We'll be right back on WSB. It goes like one margarita, two margarita, three margarita shot. Don't worry about tomorrow, leave all your sorrow out here on the floating dock. When that sun lays down. Oh yeah, the grass is green. I'm gonna live where the green grass grows. The grass is always greener on the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Let's get right to it. Welcome back to Green and Growing. This is the time every Saturday you hear someone from Pike Nursery to feature new exciting inventory they have in the stores. And we have Kara Mulvey with us from the Holcombridge location in Alpharetta. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Now, you are perfect for this topic, Kara, because you have over 20 houseplants at your home. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> I do. I have a lot. Y'all have a really fun department there at all the Pike Nursery locations of houseplants. Everything's signed. Everything's categorized in accordance to what light it prefers, which is so helpful for people who are a little bit newer to houseplants. But you've got one in particular that you want to let folks know about this weekend. Sansevera. It's also called Mother-in-Law's Tongue, and it is one of my favorite houseplants. The best thing about Sansevera is it can go in pretty much any light. They're very modern looking. They have a very vertical look to it, and they're really pretty. They come in a couple different flavors. They have like a really dark green one. They have ones that have like yellow edges to them. There's some gray varieties, but they're really great. Um, They can pretty much go in any light. Um, They're one of the few plants that can really thrive in low light, but they can also go in bright light as well. But the lower the light, the less you water. If you have it in a really, really low light area, it can go about three to four weeks without watering it and it'll be perfectly fine. So this may be one of those plants that folks had in their office or especially maybe in their cubicle at work that wasn't getting a lot of, you know, natural light and it was very successful. Mm -hmm. So no worries when they're moving those plants from their office, if they haven't already, to their home office. They don't have to be near a window. Yeah, it's a great dust plant because it doesn't need a lot of water. So you don't have to worry about it getting all over your desk or anything like that. 
Now, you said it's a very modern-looking plant, which it definitely is with the upright pointed leaves. But talk about how maybe we could spruce up the pot or the appearance of the pot to kind of change the the attitude of uh, the Sansevera. Yeah, you could uh, dress it up with a fun pot, a fun color. Um, and you can also put, like, rock on the top, and you can put, like, moss on the top. But if you do that, you just want to make sure you don't overwater it because that's the number one killer of these guys. They're actually, NASA rates them, I think, number three on the best air purifiers for your home. And it's just one of the best plants. And furry friends usually don't touch it. My mom has quite a few of them, and none of her animals touch them. Probably looks a little intimidating (laughs) if the cats or the dogs are smart. They won't go toward a pointed plant. All right, well, I have a little game for you. Maybe we'll share a little knowledge with the listeners. So there are a lot of times, Kara, when folks call the show And, you know, they'll refer to a plant as the common name, and it could be known as so many other things. Like there's butterfly weed, there's butterfly bush. I mean, that's just an example. So I'm going to throw out a few houseplant names to you, and you're probably more familiar with the common name, and maybe this will ring a bell with folks. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds awesome. All right, so very popular, maybe in a a hanging basket or a larger pot, pothos. What's another name Um, for that? People also call it devil's ivy. The one I have, it gets the perfect amount of light over my garden tub, and it's it's hanging from the ceiling. Um, it's just kind of a solid green color, but is that available in variegated as well? Yeah, we carry them. Um, that's what you're talking about. It's probably a jade. Then we also carry neon, which is a bright chartreuse color. We have marble queen, which has like a white variegation with green to it. And then we have some really cool varieties. There's silvery satin and silvery Anne. And those are like a gray, uh, really soft. It almost feels like a velvet leaf. Wow. Oh, that sounds pretty. All right. So pothos, devil's ivy. Up next, peperomia. You can call it a radiator plant, but there's about 500 different varieties of them. Radiator plant, maybe because it grows well in like tropical and subtropical climates, right? Yeah. High heat, high humidity, low water. All right. Up next, spathophyllum. Peace lily. Those are very common. They get a pretty white bloom on them. They have really, really dark green foliage. And there are folks that keep those alive for like two or three decades. People can keep those a long, long time. I've seen 30, 40-year-olds fast before. The trick is to them keeping them evenly moist and don't let them dry out for too long. Dracaena. What do a lot of folks refer to that as? Corn plant. There's quite a few different varieties of them. Um, Your most common one is going to be your mass cane which has got a really thick trunk to it, and it's got some bright green foliage to it. There's variegated varieties, and then you have other ones that are like thin, skinny leaves. They have purple colors in them, but they need about medium light. They don't want to be overwatered. They want to dry out in between waterings. I would say every 7 to 10 days, you give it a little bit of water. Okay, and before I moved my croton indoors, I enjoyed a calathea plant. What's another name for that? Rattlesnake plant. There's different varieties of calathea, like the lancifolia is the skinny leaf one, and that's typically what people call the rattlesnake plant. And then the larger leaf, they call the peacock plant. We got one more for you, Diffenbachia. Dumb cane. We have sterling and camouflage. The camouflage is a bright kind of white green on it with speckles of dark green. And then sterling is a dark, dark green, and it's heavily veined in it. But if you do have furry friends, they can be poisonous to them.
Kara, this has been so helpful, and I hope folks learned a lot more about houseplants. And again, the snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue is what's featured at Pike Nursery this weekend. How can folks find you guys online? PikeNursery.com. We have our store locator on there, and then we also have curbside pickup at select stores, Colcom Bridge being one of them, and they can shop online. Kara, enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Back to calls we go. 404-872-0750. Tommy, down in Jonesboro, what can I do for you? Well, hey, Ashley. Uh, changed jobs about four months ago, so I get off at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, hey. and I have found your show real <laughs> interesting. Thank you. There you go. Well, I'm sorry for the overnight shift, but how's it, how's it working out for you? It's been interesting. Right. I uh, had to change jobs due to covert things shutting down, and I owe you an apology. Why? Well, when I talked to the man that was taking the phone call from me, uh-huh. I called you Belinda. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a compliment. Thank you. That's all right. And she well, does. She has a show on Bort. Saturdays, too. <laughs> I've listened to Bortz for years, and you and her sound a lot alike. She grew up in right. Blue Ridge, and I grew up in Woodstock, so almost have the southern twang. Very similar. My question is, me and my girlfriend lived in Jonesboro for the last old 15 years had no place for a garden so we had potted plants we got the bright idea we was gonna till up a garden yeah well (laughs) me and the the grass is winning oh no once this season's over what can i do to prep the land for next next season okay so yeah tilling it up is tough are you just talking about a little maybe 10 by 10 or something like that uh more like about a 20 by 30 Yeah, I don't recommend any chemical treatments or anything like that. And I know we may be talking about, you know, a season later from now before you start that. But just really continuously keeping that tilled, mulched, mowed down. Also, if you need to right now, lay some landscape fabric just to choke out the weeds and things germinating and stuff like that. I was kidding with my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm going to bring two cars out there and park them. See, I can't use chemicals. We do have chickens. Uh-huh. I don't eat store-bought eggs. I mean, once you start getting the Easter eggers and the brown eggs and all that, yeah. the flavor is so enhanced that you don't want the blah one out of the grocery store. Right. And so I can't use chemicals because we do cut them loose. Chemicals and- just, I, I just, that's a last resort for me on anything. And the car thing, not a bad idea. Just make sure you don't get a fuel or oil spill into the, well, the ground from the cars. I'm more with uh, the the landscaping stuff now that you just throwed out there. Yeah, and don't waste your time, Tommy, doing any soil amendments or anything like that right now because, you know, a lot of that may just start to break down before you even get around to doing the garden. But also maybe consider a little bit of a raised bed because that gives you a lot more control over the soil. You know, if you're able to maybe do a foot deep or more of a raised bed, that's going to be better for weed prevention, too. I know there's nothing I can do this season. I did hear a comment you made last week about your bell pepper spiking up, just going so far and stopping on you. Yeah, and I'm having the darndest time getting them to flower. Well, I I resemble that remark Mm because I got one bell pepper. It's about half produced and just sits there and stares at me. It's Yeah, it's like challenging you. I understand. Well, I know you're not in a position now to really start it, but... For folks who maybe are thinking about fall planting dates, we're coming up on where you can get ready for beets or cauliflower. You're even looking at like mustard if someone wanted to do that. Irish potatoes, that'd be kind of interesting. So here's the deal. If you're still driving home, keep listening for a little bit because I want folks to call if they have some good advice on really how you need to 
get that bed prepared for like next season's planting. So if anybody wants to help Tommy out, no chemical. We're not going for chemical treatment here. No, 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 no. Tommy, listen, I'm going to scoot, but keep listening out because I think someone's going to be able to help and maybe give you some better advice. But landscape fabric, let me know how that works out. I will. Good to hear from you. You keep in touch. All right. All right, bye-bye. All right, nice. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, so if you've got advice, please call 404-872-0750. Hey, people came to your rescue. Mike and McDonough, what do you have for Tommy? Suggestion for an organic way to clear out the land is okay. to put some clear plastic over it. Uh-huh. Clear, not black. Just let the sun bake it. It'll kill all the grass and kill the grass seeds, especially if you do it in the summertime. Then after a month or so, you can till it up and turn over the new seeds in the ground, put the plastic back on it, and that's a quick, easy, I almost free way to do it. I love it. So what? where do you get this clear plastic? Because I automatically think, I mean, a tarp is not clear, but like a shower curtain liner or something, that's not big enough. But what do you use? Oh, just a big box store, just the, you know, the clear plastic they use for putting paint, you know, paint down. A uh, drop cloth, Just Perfect. in the paint department. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Mike, I so appreciate that. That is awesome advice. I love it. Coming to the rescue of Tommy. And then Paul in Covington, I think Paul's got an idea as well. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah. Uh, yes, my, my remedy is not the plastic, although plastic is good for about two feet around the garden area covered with mulch because it keeps grass from spreading into the area. My suggestion is cardboard. Ooh. I pick up cardboard at a local recycling center. It doesn't cost me anything. I can put it down. It will keep the grass from surviving because it blocks out the light. But unlike plastic, it doesn't dry the ground out, so it's a lot easier to till. Then during the garden season, you can actually cut the plastic into strips, put it between the rows, and cover it with a little bit of mulch so it doesn't blow away. And again, it allows the water to go through, but it keeps the weeds down. So that's my suggestion. So cardboard. Yes. I love that, too, Paul. Y'all are so much more clever than me. Thank you so much for calling. So, Tommy, like I said... I hope you're listening because people came to your rescue when I could not save you. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Paul. We're going to take a break. Check news, weather, and traffic, and we'll be back on Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. Thank you to the experts for keeping us weather aware. We've got meteorologist Kirk Mellish. We've got Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Finley Roofing, for sponsoring the weather update. So we're wrapping up the show. I hope you've gotten a lot of good information. And one last thing. I don't have to keep things the same throughout the show. They do not have to remain static. They can change. So I've updated my garden to-do list just for you. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So since we've been talking about houseplants, I thought it only fitting that I finally switch one of my three things to something houseplant related. So here we are in August, and if you've given your houseplants a summer vacation outdoors, chances they responded with a lot of new growth. 
So now is the time you can begin to move them to larger containers and fresh potting soil, but use a soilless potting mix when you plant. Avoid using soil from your garden. The soil structure there just isn't ideal, and you know, you've got the Georgia red clay. So that gives plants the time to acclimate to their new housing before the cool weather arrives. One of the best ways to know if your plant's ready for transplanting, check the drainage hole of the pot. If you see roots dangling out, that means the plant's becoming too large for its container, and just select a new pot. You can go pick one up at Pike Nursery. Number two, you can start seeds now. This is exciting. It doesn't have to be done indoors. For broccoli, collards, spinach, lettuce, beets, it's best to use a store-bought potting mix and then start the seeds in those containers or flats or trays, whatever you have. Place the seeds in a partially shaded spot, keep them watered, and you'll have seedlings ready to transplant in September. And finally, number three, water your figs deeply now. You're getting ready to harvest those as they ripen, and you want to harvest in the morning. That'll beat the birds before the birds can do any damage. And share good recipes with me. Oh my gosh, A, I would love to try a fig, but B, never cooked with one, never done anything with one. I am going to be getting some figs from some friends, so I need some ideas. So the best way to connect with me is on the Facebook page for the show, Green and Growing WSB. I'd love to hear from you there, and I get a lot of questions and comments. I try to respond to all of them as quickly as I can, but just be patient with me there. I am a one-man band kind of doing this thing on the Facebook page, social media, but I always have DeMarco and Justin and Jason here for the show. I appreciate what they do behind the scenes. And this show was full of good expert advice. So thanks to Kara at Pike Nursery, Walter Reeves, of course, for joining us earlier in the hour. You'll want to listen back to our conversation about lichens and moss and what that means in your landscape. And Norm, too, Norm Mitleider, for teaching us a little more about hydrangeas and Japanese maples. And Mark Aram for waking up early. He's no plant expert, but I always have a good time having him on the show, and he will make another appearance. Don't you worry. Also, follow me on Facebook. If you just look for Ashley Frasca, WSB on Facebook, Um, I recently shared the link to the tribute show that we did for our late colleague, Herman Cain. We all got together this past Monday and did a two-hour show, a special just for him. So I've posted the link to wsbradio.com. You can go back and listen to that show and hear Herman's laugh, hear Herman's jokes. We're going to miss him terribly here at WSB. I know I will. He made such a difference in my career, and I wouldn't be where I am right now. I just absolutely wouldn't be if it weren't for him, if it weren't for Captain Herb Emery, and if it weren't for Walter Reeves. So those three men, we're blessed to know them. They do such great work. And we'll talk to Walter again next Saturday on the show. But y'all be well. Take care. And I'll be talking to you Monday morning with Triple Team Traffic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.